Yesterday, I finished a project I was work- I've been working on for a very long time. I finished writing a book, <laughs> which is an exciting thing to finish. This book, which in a future episode, when, when it goes out, probably actually a week from... T- no, yeah, it'll be in two weeks. So the episode after next, I will do an episode where I read from this book. I read a couple passages um, as half, you know, showing half advertisement, but <laughs> that's the way of the world. It was really wonderful to finish it though, and to get it out there. I wrote it in an odd way. And the way I try to do all creation, and I think the best way to do creation, although I'm sure everyone has their own method, to do it not in charge, to create without control. To let another force drive and pull you and take you somewhere. I think that's the only real way to do it. Of course, again, maybe I'm missing some method or something, but as far as I can tell, to give yourself up, to be almost possessed by a creative process that pulls you along. And I, when you do it in this way, whether you're you know, telling stories or writing poetry or playing music, the creative project inspires you as well it may be not at first but it will when when you're fully possessed by the muse you find yourself surprised by the changes and turns in your story in your story <laughs> what you're writing but it still surprises you the music you make delights you the poetry inspires you and that's i think where all artists or creators need to be and just got to mention one of my favorite quotes of all time, Sylvia Plath, dying like everything else is an art. Like everything else. Washing the dishes. That's an art. You can make it an art if you try. You can make it beautiful and elegant. This ancient tradition passed down for thousands of years, which it is. If you think about it, but to be possessed by the muse, by the creative spirit, to get into the flow state, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter because it exists. It happens. It's real. And it's true. You can call truth, whatever names you want, but it's still truth. And that happens. You can be possessed by a creative spirit. And that's how all true art is created. I say, I say true art as if I could distinguish between the true and the false, or as if there's anything, I don't think there's, I don't think there's such thing as false art, but there's certainly such thing as true art. You can go deeper and deeper into truth, infinitely deep. There isn't just true or false. There's just different levels of true and how deep into truth can you get? And the deeper you give yourself away to the spirit, Again, whatever you want to call it, the flow mindset, you know, or possessed by a spirit, whatever you want to call it, it's real.
And it's the best way to create. Because your own, the own words you write and the notes you play or the dishes you wash throw you. <laughs> you become the audience. You become the instrument. Half instrument, half audience. And you get to watch as the spirit plays you. And, you know, as the spirit's pressing different keys on you or plucking different strings, you're like, damn, that was a good note. Damn, that chord change. It wasn't you. It's a trick to think that you created it. It's a dangerous trick. Because you can get stuck in this point of, oh, aren't I great? <laughs> aren't I brilliant? Look at what I did. Look at what I've done. Look what I've written. I wrote a book. I wrote this song. It's a trap. You were the pen. You were the pen. And take this opportunity to care for your instruments as well. You know, there, there's a sort of like, just like there's a food chain, an instrument chain, whereas we are the instruments of the spirit. We have our own instruments, you know, whether that's a pen or a piano or a dishcloth <laughs> or, you know, or a barbell or, you know, the phone that keeps track of how many miles you're running or whatever. I guess running would probably be your shoes or your feet. It would be your legs would be better instruments in that case, but who am I to say? You have to love your instrument. You have to become it. And that goes for the art as well. For any true art that you undertake or believe in or make part of yourself. It's not enough just to do it. To do something sort of implies picking it up, putting your hands and you, you put it back down again. But this is, this is very control oriented. And I, I say this because I struggle with this, with being in control. And I did it. Now it's done. And I'm done. And I will do something else until I'm done with that. But what you have to do if you really want to pursue an art is something stranger. Something more difficult. Something perhaps more disturbing. Because I think it is at its core element. You, you really have to like mutate in a sense. I say that instead of like transform or, you know, because those sound so pretty. And I don't want it to sound pretty. You have to deform yourself in a sense. It ends up being a beautiful thing, but it's a scary thing. Because the art that you create is in proportion to how much you can give yourself away to the spirit. And the more you can give yourself away, the more art, the more beauty can be put through you because you know it's almost like a pipe you know all of this water this creative energy rushing through the pipe and you're the stuff on you know you're you're trying to turn yourself into a clear vessel and the more you do the less well you change i don't think you become less you you just become a different type of you and those old pieces die 
They're ripped away. They're gone. And the farther you go, the more of yourself you lose, the more beauty you can survive. The more of yourself you, you lose, the more beauty you can survive. That's a scary thing. Because there's this sort of fear of like, what if I lose too much? You know, what if I'm gone? What if I give up myself to these pursuits and I never come back? And that's a lie. Because this concept of yourself is a lie. There's a great classic. It's one of the most classic philosophical parables, perhaps. But um, it's called Grandpa's Bicycle. I'm sure you've heard of it before. But if, even if you have, I'll remind you. It's, uh, you have a bicycle passed on from your grandpa. But it's, he's used it his whole life, and it's his grandpa's too, so it's an ancient bike, and stuff keeps breaking, so you have to keep replacing stuff. And over the course of, say, five years, you've replaced every single part on the bike so that there are no parts in common with the bike your grandfather gave you. Is it your grandpa's bike? And it's a fascinating question. It's a, it's a fascinating question. But the answer, you know, you, you get caught up in when, you know, the trap is the name trap. When does it get lose the name Grandpa's Bike? But the answer, so far as I can tell, being an absolute, you know, not, not trained in anything and not educated in any subject. So take that all with a grain of salt, but... The answer, as far as I can tell, is that it just is. The bike just is. You add the name. You know, we come up with all this name stuff, but it's really just a group of matter. It's just matter. We make up all these names. This is a continent. That's a planet. This is a solar system. That's a person. This thing, that thing, that thing. I heard a great quote from Alan Watts. He said, things are a measurement of thought. So we group together things, that thing, this thing, that's a thing, that's a thing. Separations of reality. But they aren't measurements of truth. That bike, it's not even really a bike. It just is. It's just matter we could arbitrarily come up with something that says, here's when it crosses over to Grandpa's bike. But that's all it would be. A label that we stick on at 50% bike changing, it now becomes your, a new bike, not a Grandpa's bike. And it's a joke. It's just there. It just is. And I, I say, give you this example, because of the example I just said, you know, you change, you give yourself away, for an art. You lose yourself. You dissolve. Your personality dies. Things that were you are gone. A little death. A little death of the heart. But that's not true. You are Grandpa's bike.
changing and shifting, pieces getting replaced, both physically and emotionally. I mean, all your atoms are, of course, dying and being shed and regenerated by your body. But your personality, too, is always in flux, always changing. And we come up with all these labels. Uh, this is a, a midlife crisis, and here's the coming-of-age moment. You know, and now you're an adult, and we have all these little personality changes that we, we mark. But that's all just labels. We make that. We bring that shit to the table, man. That isn't real. Our personalities just are. Just like our bodies just are. Just like everything just is. <laughs> so, just start fucking riding Grandpa's bike. <laughs> and stop trying to figure out whose bike it is. You, parts of you will die. You almost certainly won't be the same person a year from now that you are now. Just like the bike, you might be in the same general shape, maybe do the same things, but every piece could have been replaced with something new that works different, or something old. You are not... You know, you're not, all these personality labels are just words. They aren't real. And I don't say that as a good thing or a bad thing. And we're all still going to use them. You know, just because, you know, you don't, when you, when you've decided, oh, grandpa's bike, it's not grandpa's bike. It's just, oh, you're not going to call it that. <laughs> when you tell your, you know, your friend to go, oh, could you go grab my, uh, could you go grab the, oh, no, you're going to say, can you grab my grandpa's bike? I left the back of the shop. Yeah. Shit, man. So, labels are needed. They're necessary. I'm not putting labels down. But it's good to remember. It's good to remember all this. To remember that you will be totally replaced. But it's not like you or the old you or the new you. It just is. Yes.